Welcome into the Juco Weekly Podcast, wherever you are, wherever you may be. We thank you so much for tuning in as uh, we talk Juco basketball here at MJCAA with its top 25 list out. I'm Mike Fraser, Nick Nielsen of the Nielsen File. You know him, you respect him. He is the man when it comes to Juco basketball. He is a regular guest here on the Juco Weekly Podcast, and we'll jump in with him in just a moment. All right, top 25 of the NJCAA, our first group of five. Number one, South Plains, followed by Mineral Area, Barton, Chipola, Daytona State. Six through 10, Northwest Florida State, Odessa, Vincennes, Trinity Valley, Salt Lake. 11 through 15, Lee, Cowley, Snow, Indian Hills, and Panola. 16th through 20, Triton, Moberly, Eastern Florida State, Hutchinson, Florida, Southwestern State. And 21 through 25, Butler, College Southern of Idaho, Northeast Mississippi, Midland, and Caldwell Tech Institute cracks the top 25 for the first time this year. Congratulations to them. Now here is our interview with the main man, the man that knows a lot about Juco basketball. That is Nick Nielsen. Nick, how are you, partner? Mike, I am doing great. It's always great to be with you and uh, talk about my favorite subject, junior college basketball. Yeah, no doubt about it. This guy is the best in the business. Knows it backwards, forwards, upside down. This guy is the guy. This is the bracketology man of the Juco world. He's highly respected. Not so much liked, I hear, but uh, well respected <laughs> uh, around the country. And that's all right with us. Uh, now we're just teasing him. He's a great, terrific guy uh, on top of being highly respected around the country. Uh, both at the NJCAA level and throughout the media outlets uh, across the country. Uh, Nick Abacher, let's jump in. Uh, first thing I want to uh, talk to you about is uh, Chipola. You know, here's this team that uh, is right fourth in the country, but, you know, their schedule just doesn't seem to be as, as strong as maybe it should be to have a team being ranked number four in the country. Your thoughts on that take? Yeah, you know, Chipola, and, and maybe it's because they brought in so many new guys, a lot of new faces. But the schedule just wasn't very strong this year. They're still largely an unknown. Uh, currently, they're in, the record is 19-2, and 19-1 and one going into this week. They go to Georgia Highlands on the road, and, and they get beat. Probably a game that they should have won, but I think that is something that happens with a team that hasn't faced much adversity, hasn't faced much competition. Uh, they did get a big win. I mean, they're, the thing they're hanging their hat on right now is they have a big road win at Northwest Florida, and their head coach is Donnie Tyndall, and they get a lot of Donnie Tyndall points. Um, huh. And I don't know that right now we really know who they are, even though we're 21 games into the season. And uh, we're going to find out a lot down the stretch here. There's not a lot of cupcakes in the Panhandle Conference, and uh, Northwest Florida's got two more cracks at them. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, in that first five, South Plains, number one, Mineral Area, two, followed by Barton, Chipola, Daytona State. Uh, what about Mineral Area? Your thoughts on them at this juncture? Yeah, Mineral Area is just an absolute, absolutely defensive juggernaut. Um, people just really can't score, can't move the ball. They, you know, they just play angry. They rebound the ball extraordinarily well. Uh, they're above average offensively, and uh, you know, they're they're just not probably going to face a lot of competition. You know, down the back stretch of the schedule, they have they have Moberly twice. Um, you know, left on the schedule, they beat Moberly once already, and then of course they might play Moberly a fourth time in their region tournament. 
And then, uh, you know, they'll play the Northern Illinois winner potentially um, for the right to go to Hutch, which could be Triton or Kankakee or Sauk Valley. But I mean, I, I think it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Mineral Area could be undefeated going into the national tournament. Yeah, and if so, and that being said, if they do, in fact, get to that uh, uh, region matchup for the bid, is that a good thing for them, being that their schedule isn't so um, urgent uh, until they all of a sudden hit that region? Just your thoughts. What's the history tell you when the schedule gets you know pretty comfortable for them until all of a sudden it's a big gut check? Yeah, I mean, during this the modern era, modern era of the junior college basketball tournament, the Missouri teams historically have not fared real well, um, you know, at Hutch. Now the, you know, the Moberly teams have been talented, maybe some tough matchups. Mineral area had a really good team a few years ago under coach uh, Luke Streggy that lost a really tough game to Cali when mineral may have been the best team in the country. Mineral played a really good early season schedule and they're just kind of in this lull right now where they're not going to get tested every night. They do have two big ones left with Moberly, which is a great test. But, I mean, I, I think with Coach Greg Heyer, who's just a really, really good basketball coach, um, I think they'll be completely prepared and ready for the national tournament. If they get beat, it's not because they're not prepared. And Daytona State takes a loss. They're in the five spot. Um, uh, you're still high on them. Are, are, they, real, are they a true contender? Yeah, I mean, Daytona State's probably the most naturally gifted offensive team in junior college basketball. Uh, Yosue Grion is just a tremendous, tremendous wing player. He's six foot four. If he was six foot seven, he'd be kind of a surefire NBA player. But, you know, he's terrific. They have a lot of other naturally gifted offensive players. I think there's still some work to be done on can they develop anything inside on a post presence. And I think there's still work to be done defensively. But, I mean, that's a team that nobody's going to want to face uh, in the national tournament. You know, are they a national title contender? I don't know. They're going to be a tough out. I'd like to see a more well-balanced approach. Uh, you know, I think a team like Barton right now or South Plains, a little bit more rounded. I would, I would definitely have those two teams ahead of them as far as a probability of winning a national title. Uh, you look at uh, schools like uh, Northwest Florida State. They're, they're always a team that you talk about, and, and they're another heavy hitter. Odessa, what do you make of them? They make a nice move in the NJCAA poll. Uh, last week, 10. This week, 7. Odessa's playing really, really good basketball right yeah. now. They're, yeah. They, they started off the season really, really hot. They hit they hit a lull probably earlier you know, than they would have liked to. But, I mean, they're really peaking coming in to the second half of the season. They got a tough one with Clarendon tonight. Willie Lightfoot, left-handed two-guard for them. Didn't play a lot earlier in the year, but you saw the potential there. He'd come in off the bench, hit some big threes, and he's really developing into a solid player, maybe their best scorer in the second half of the season. I mean, Odessa is a team that – you know, regardless of being ranked seventh, it would be probably one of the top three or four teams that you would list as far as probability of winning a national title. Uh, very good defensively as well. And that's one of the that's one of the things that I really look for, you know, teams that can actually win once you get to Hutch. It's teams generally that can really rebound and can really defend because points um, points aren't quite as easy to come by in the national tournament as they are in a lot of these regular season games. Uh, Nick, you mentioned three or four teams that fit that uh, profile. 
who are some of the other ones at this juncture? Yeah, I would, you know, to me, I, I love all the top three, South Plains, Mineral Area, Barton, and then Odessa, Vincennes. Um, you know, Vincennes, you got Coach Todd Franklin. He's won a national title already. He has six returning players. His point guard was a red shirt last year. So they have seven people within the program who've been there on an Elite Eight run. They had a little bit of taste of success. They knocked off the number one ranked team in the country for most of the year last season in the College of Southern Idaho. You know, so they, they went out there, they had some success beating CSI in Trinity Valley. They lost mm-hmm. a really ugly game to Northwest Florida where they couldn't throw it into the ocean from the beach. Um, so I know that they're hungry to get back there and they have the point guard, I think, that uh, that could get the job done. Uh, Trinity Valley falls a little bit. Your thoughts on them? You know, really good team. Region 14, you have three really good teams, Trinity Valley, Lee, Panola, Um I've watched each of them play a handful of times. I, I, I come away at different times thinking that each one of those teams is the team to beat. I mean, Trinity Valley coming into this week, 14 and three, ranked number nine, Lee number 11 at 15 and two, Panola number 15 at 15 and three. I mean, they're, they're as close as you could possibly get. Um, I do think that this is a year where you could see an at-large bid come out of East Texas, which would be a little bit a um, little bit of, of, of something we haven't seen before. So look for that as something that might break a trend that we've seen in recent, you know, Juco bracketology. So that's Lee, Panola, and and Odessa? Uh, Lee, Panola, and Trinity Valley. And tr- I'm sorry, in Trinity Valley. That So you think you think they'll get an extra? You, 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 right now it looks pretty good for Eastern Texas to get another school in there. I, I think it's a very strong possibility that East Texas might get two teams to the national tournament. As we talk with Nick Nielsen here on, uh, on the Juco Weekly Podcast, uh, uh, Nick, looking at, um, uh, let's see, a couple other schools here I wanted to talk about uh, that just, you know, just trying to get a feel of, of where they're at. You know, Eastern Florida State, um you know, what's your feel for them? They're eight. I think they're 18th this week in the NJCAA poll. Your thoughts on them? I mean, do they have the depth? Uh, do they have the big guys to, to rebound and, and, you know, have a crack at getting into that tournament? Yeah, Eastern Florida is is a young team by junior college yeah. standards. Um, coach Jeremy Shulman is a terrific coach. He's been in the Final Four in the national tournament. They have 11 international players on their roster. Oh which is uh, just incredible. Yeah. Um, the big man inside, six foot eight, Owen Aquino. He's from uh, Madrid, Spain. We call him the Spanish Joker. Um, he is like Nikola Jokic. Um, against Daytona really? State, he had 11 assists. He had nine assists in the first half of the game. He missed a triple-double by one rebound. But that is a team that's really, really surging. Uh, you know, Coach Shulman runs a lot of probably more advanced defensive concepts. In the, NJC, in, in the NJCAA that we normally see, it's more of a NBA style or Division One style of, of trapping and rotating. So it takes guys a little bit of time to adjust to that system. But the freshman uh, by the name of Andrija Bukomorovic, uh, six foot eight, he's only played basketball for two years, who is probably you know the most skilled freshman in the entire country. And he doesn't really have a natural position, but Coach Shulman is just kind of throwing him out there on the floor and giving him minutes, and he's going to make some mistakes along the way. But he's super talented, and he's aggressive, a very aggressive rebounder, and he just makes stuff happen. So everything is kind of falling into place as Andrija gets more minutes. Owen mm-hmm. Aquino at six foot eight is kind of this point 
forward who is everything kind of runs through him, but he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink. And, you know, the, the Titans are a team that is surging right now. Yeah, you know, and, and just from a depth standpoint right now, three teams that come to mind that either coaching uses the bench effectively or the bench is just deep enough and they can just rotate guys in. Three teams that come to mind. Well, Eastern Florida is certainly one of the deep ones for sure. Uh, Indian Hills, they've had a little bit of injury problems, but there's, you know, they're as talented as you could possibly be. You're going, you know, nine, 10 deep. And, you know, Odessa, maybe not as deep as they were last year. I would make the argument that last year's Odessa team was too deep because they had 14 guys that played every game. And I think that hurt the flow a little bit because they had so many good players. They shuffled through there. But, you know, legit eight to 10 players deep. I love Odessa. I love Indian Hills. And I love Eastern Florida. As we talk with Nick Nielsen here on uh, the Juco Weekly Podcast, Nick, uh, Big guys, you say it comes down to rebounding again, and and then obviously certainly understandable. But what about what about the the, the shooting guards, the point guards? Who are some of the fast teams uh, that love to just go up and down? Maybe not too gifted defensively, but teams that can really run and and, and put some points on the board. Um, you know Daytona State, they're going to be the the most naturally gifted offensive team in the country. Uh, Triton, um, I, I jokingly refer to their top four players as the firm, um, Amar Aguilar, <laughs> AJ Dixon, uh, Dylan Williams, um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Dior Connors. They have four guys that are basically guards. They play them all together and they score about 85% of their points in, in most games. And they're really, really good. Now they, the post play is still a work in progress. They may not be the best defensively or rebounding the ball because they're small, but they put four guys who can really, really shoot the basketball on the court together. And it's a defensive nightmare because that means the other team probably has to go small to match up against them. Or if they want to play big guys against them, it's a huge advantage for Triton from a speed perspective. And you really can't play zone against them because everybody can shoot. So Triton's one of those teams uh, Probably underrated by myself and others when you look at what they've done. You know, six and zero versus teams that are ranked or receive votes. Uh, they're only lost to Kankakee, who's a really, really improved program. Played Indian Hills tough last night. Um, you know, Triton has the offensive firepower to give people a lot of fits on any given night. Nick, three of the top five went down, four of the top nine, six of the top 14. Is that really an alarming number? I mean, I you look at that and you just, I look at it. I want your perspective. It, you, you go much deeper on this than I do. But I say, yeah, I mean, that's Chuco basketball. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there, there's nobody out in junior college basketball that's the 96 Bulls, right? I mean, I think uh, there, there's not a dominant team and you know maybe mineral area does get to the national tournament undefeated you know south plains they're still undefeated they're they're not going to run the table they're the teams they play in the in the whack jack are too tough they're just, it's just not going to happen um the parody in junior college basketball is terrific and there's yeah. honestly not a lot of difference between say the fourth best team and the 40th team right on, on any given night you know the team that's the 40th best team in the country can beat anybody. So there's much more parity in junior college basketball and even at the 
division one level. And, you know, a lot of it more so than maybe any other level of basketball, I think personally comes down to the head coach. And a lot of times, you know, when you're looking at the top teams playing against each other, a lot of times you're betting on the head coach more so than the players, because you have some of these head coaches that have been there through it, especially the guys that have been in the, the, the heavyweight bouts for a few years, they're going to have their teams ready to go, um, which means a lot at this level. Are there any teams in this top 25 that have just been decimated by injuries or are just a key guy that's out? They still may be ranked, but because this guy is out, they don't have a shot. You know, I think every coach tells you they've been, you know, decimated by injuries, um, you know, by by some stretch. Vincennes is a team that comes to mind. It's just been kind of hit by the injury bug or illness bug all year. They had a stretch where the entire team was sick for two weeks. Ryan Oliver, who's really kind of their uh, rock of Gibraltar, he's kind of their steady, calming influence wing player, guards the other team's top players. He was out for two games, one of which was when I lost to Alney, 73-72. to 72. Alney closed the game on a 10-2 run. Um, and Alney's a terrific basketball team, but Vincennes is one of those teams that sticks out to me that you know, has really been hit by the injury bug. It's just kind of been one thing after another. CSI is another team. Um, they are they are thirteen no yeah thirteen and five coming into this week, and they have really been decimated by injuries. It's just been one after another. Jordan Hamilton, who was a transfer from Three Rivers, you know preseason was kind of widely thought of maybe being one of the five ten best players in junior college basketball. I mean he's been injured multiple times. Um, recent I think MCL strain. Uh, he's back now, not a hundred percent. He was in a walking boot for a long time, but. You know, CSI Vincennes, who ironically played each other in, in the Hutch uh, tournament last year, those are two that stand out to me. I don't think there's any, you know, decimating injuries that teams can't recover from. One that's not an injury, but, you know, Eastern Arizona, the Gila Monsters, out of Thatcher, had maybe the top uh, big man in the country, Anton Bonk. Um, and midseason, he decides to transfer to Division One Providence. Yeah. So... Eastern Arizona had some good pieces. Rayshon Seamster, who's probably a top 20 player nationally, was on that team along with Anton. And uh, Anton just kind of packed his bags and, and went to Providence midseason. Yeah. I don't think anybody there in uh, Gila Monster Country was very happy about it. I'm sure they wish Anton the best at Providence. But, I mean, that's a, that's a decimating departure. How is that allowed to happen? I, I, I don't know the rules or anything like that. Um, that's and then, terrible. And then Midland, they're getting, it's kind of the opposite, right? They're getting a, kind of some resurgence. Six foot nine transfer, Luke Davis, now eligible. He's going to be making his debut next week uh, for Midland. So six nine, big post player. He was an All-American two years ago at Southwest Illinois. Um, so he's going to be joining Midland and coach Trey Arnold. And, you know, Midland, 10 and five, lost Monday night to New Mexico. Not so different to where they were last year at this time, then all of a sudden kind of February one hit and Midland just took off from the pack and really soared, uh, winning, um, winning the district tournament probably to get the Hutch. And they were really, really good in the national tournament. And who knows, maybe coach Trey Arnold can do it again, go two for two there uh, with Midland. But I think Luke Davis is definitely going to help them because he's a big physical ombre 
inside who's going to be tough to move. Last couple of moments we have with Nick Nielsen of the Nielsen File. Caldwell Tech Institute jumps into the NJCAA Top 25. Are you surprised about that? And um, are they deserving? No, I think it's great. You know, Caldwell Tech at 16-1, and one, they've had a couple of really nice wins. Kind of uh, Eastern uh, U.S. perennial powers, Harkham and Monroe. They beat both of them. Uh, Monroe was ranked early in the year. Monroe's got a really good, experienced team. And a uh, very good chance Monroe will be in the national tournament. And Caldwell, Caldwell Tech knocked them off. Caldwell's only loss of the season was to Indian River, who's also been ranked receiving votes at the time. Caldwell Tech, maybe not the most, you know, not the deepest team in the country, but a really good basketball team. Beat a pretty solid Spartanburg Methodist team um, on the road, 82 to 78. So Cald Caldwell Tech is a team that's well coached. They shoot the ball well. And, you know, they're a team that if they get to the national tournament, they're not going to be a team that you want to face. And they're probably not going to get a really good seed. Um, they might be at, you know, 20 to 23 range as a seed, but they haven't played a single non-NJCAA team all year. They've either played the Division One or Division II NJCAA schools. So there's no cupcakes on that schedule. They've gone out and they played real people and they're getting wins. Yeah, just curious, how much do you uh, watch down in Mississippi? Uh, check out teams down there. I don't. I don't watch a lot of it just because I know there's there's not going to be a lot of it that's going to carry over to the national tournament. I kind of watch the top teams every every year. This year is kind of your Northeast Mississippi, your Pearl Rivers, your Itawambas, Jones. I mean, I think those are four good teams. You know, we talked about depth a little bit earlier. I think the mm -hmm. one the one thing that always hurts those teams is they just don't seem to have the depths. That you would that you, that you would see from a you know a Salt Lake or a CSI or in Indian Hills who can recruit the entire world. Last question we have for you. I'd like to get your opinion at this juncture. Using your criteria, Nick, from overall body of work, eye test, and and the current level of play, your top three teams, your your top three just tough as mustard teams right now that uh, you would put up there and say, you know what nobody's going to get past these three guys at this stage. Yeah, I, I'm not going to break away from the pollsters right now. I, I would say South Plains, Mineral Area, Barton. I think South okay. Plains is the is the most talented team on the country. They have the most Division One high-level type guys. And then Mineral Area and Barton are just unbelievably good defensively. Um, I, I think Barton right now, if you had to kind of put money on somebody who's the leader in the clubhouse – I would say, from what I've seen, Barton would be the most probable to win a national. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, always great to have you on. And uh, really appreciate uh, uh, the insight, the knowledge, and the perspective you give, you, you give man. You're, you're second to nobody when it comes to Juco basketball, partner. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for all you do for junior college athletics. That is Nick Nielsen of the Nielsen File. And that wraps up the Juco Weekly Podcast. Our thanks to Nick Nielsen once again for jumping on, folks. He'll be on each week as we cover Juco hoops as they march toward the tournament in Hutch coming up in the month of March. That wraps things up here on the Juco Weekly Podcast. Again, our thanks to Robert Williamson and Nick Nielsen for everything they do to contribute. We'll talk to you next week. I'm Mike Frazier saying so long, everyone.